0: Welcome to A Star Witness! Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's have a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us as we speak and talk of Him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for the home that you were preparing for us. We thank you for the lessons that you try to teach us. Lord, we ask that you help our hearts to be made new. Help us to receive truth and to help it to change us and help us to reach others with that truth that you give to us lord there are so many moments in our life and so many doubts going on in the world and there's so much going on currently with the world around us but we know that you can give us strength and to help us through these difficult and troubling times we ask that you help us to be ready for your soon coming we ask that you help us get rid of all sin in our lives and help us to gain the victory over our adversary, which is the devil, Satan. And Lord, we thank you in advance for filling your promises that you have given us in your word, and we stand here claiming those promises today and every single day. Lord, thank you once again for your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. We ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful Son's name, amen. Okay, so today, I thought it would be really great to talk about another parable. We have discussed several so far, and there are many more to discuss, but today I want to talk about the parable that Jesus talked about, the Leavened Bread. So, this is coming from Christ's Object Lessons, page 95 through pages 102. So, it's quite a bit, and then I have a couple of other quotes from a few other places, but we'll get to that when we get to them. So, I'm going to jump right on in. And we will discuss as we go along as we usually do. So, she says this. Many educated and influential men had come to hear the prophet of Galilee. Some of these looked with curious interest upon the multitude that had gathered about Christ as he taught by the sea. In this great throng, all classes of society were represented. Represented. There were the poor, the illiterate, the ragged beggar, the robber with the seal of guilt upon his face, the maimed, the dissipated. The merchant and the man of leisure, high and low, rich and poor, all crowding upon one another for a place to stand and hear the words of Christ. As these cultured men gazed upon the strange assembly, they asked themselves, is the kingdom of God composed of such material as this? Again the Savior replied by a parable. <laughs> and these men were not okay with wanting to share the kingdom of heaven with the low lives, as they probably thought of them as. And You know, we still have that kind of class distinction today. Not everybody thinks like this, but you still have people who think that they're somehow less because of their status or how much money they have. Or some people think that they are better than others because they have more money. And we all have to realize that God loves us the same and we should treat people with love and kindness no matter what that status is. And no matter what they look like or what they do to us, no matter what, we have to treat them with kindness and love. the Bible teaches us that and even Jesus says to love our enemies and maybe we can do a podcast about that in the future but let's continue on she says the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened and we know when we make bread and we put leavening in it it rises and this parable is going to get into what he's trying to teach us and it's very fascinating so she says among the Jews leaven was sometimes used as an emblem of sin. At the time of the Passover, the people were directed to remove all the leaven from their houses as they were to put away sin from their hearts. Christ warned his disciples, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Luke 12, 1. And the Apostle Paul speaks of the leaven of malice and wickedness. 1 Corinthians 5, 8. But in the Savior's parable, leaven is used to represent the kingdom of heaven. It illustrates the quickening and assimilation power of the grace of God none are so vile none have fallen so low as to be beyond the working of this power and all who will submit themselves to the Holy Spirit a new principle of life is to be implanted the lost image of God is to be restored in humanity that is such a beautiful promise that we all need to remind ourselves of every single day that we have not fallen so low as to be beyond his working power that we can submit our ourselves to God and he will change us and implant his character in our hearts instead we just have to be willing to surrender she says but man cannot transform himself by the exercise of his will he possesses no power by which this change can be effected the leaven, something holy from without must be put into the meal before the desired change can be wrought in it so the grace of God must be received by the sinner before he can be fitted for the kingdom of glory all the The culture and education which the world can give will fail of making a degraded child of sin a child of heaven. The renewing energy must come from God. The change can be made only by the Holy Spirit. All who would be saved, high or low, rich or poor, must submit to the working of this power. This is good lessons for us to take and apply to our lives. It doesn't matter how educated we are, it doesn't matter how much money we have, how many talents we have. It doesn't matter any of those things in the end if we haven't given our lives and our heart to God so that he can change us and make us new then all of those things won't matter no matter how kind or generous or loving we might be if we do not have God in our hearts then it profiteth us nothing that's what the Bible says if our soul isn't saved what good does it do and even first Corinthians 13 talks about how and if we know all of this knowledge and if we know all of the Bible and have it memorized and have these things, we can still be lost if we don't have love in our hearts. And the other things are important. We do need to have a knowledge of all of those things and we do need to be kind and we do need to be patient and we need to have all of these other things but sometimes we lose focus of these simple truths. We lose focus of these simple things that we need to have. So we have to work very hard to keep all of these things in our memory and all of these things in our mind and to know that with God all of this stuff is possible and the Lord will help us to remember these things and to have the love in our hearts that we need and to have the grace and the fulfilling and that's why he gives us these promises and gives us these parables and tells us how we can do these things with his help we cannot do it alone when we do it alone we fail but when we do it with him we rise like the leaven and we can have that power in us not that we are powerful but God's power in us. That is amazing. Him working with us and through us. Not by our own might and not by our own strength, but through the strength and power of God. That is something that is so amazing and something that will be our constant study throughout all of eternity and that it just blows my mind. It continues, As the leaven, when mingled with a meal, works from within outward, so it is by the renewing of the heart that the grace of God works to transform the life. No mere external change is sufficient to bring us into harmony with God. There are many who try to reform by correcting this or that bad habit, and they hope in this way to become Christians, but they are beginning in the wrong place. Our first work is with the heart. A profession of faith and the possession of truth in the soul are two different things. The mere knowledge of truth is not enough. We may possess this, but the tenor of our thoughts may not be changed. The heart must be converted and sanctified. Then, when people tell us, this thing or that thing that we need to change about our life or our character, we won't be so inclined to complain and be like, oh, now I have to give up this or I have to do this. What more do I have to do? If we're thinking those things, then our heart is truly not converted because the Lord isn't going to ask us more than we are able to do. He knows what's best for us. That's why he knows how and what would be the best way to go about doing things and what things would be the best for our health and for our salvation. And we need to do all of these things with the right attitude. We need to pray, Lord, is this really something that you want me to do? If so, show me, help me to know and to understand and to grasp what you what You are saying in this study that I'm doing, in this thing that this person told me. Do I have to change my character? Do I have to change something in the way that I dress, in the way that I act, in the way that I eat? All of those things in our life, we have to be willing to change. If God calls us to do something it's because he loves us not because he hates us and wants us to be in misery he's doing this for our own good and our for our own benefit and when our heart is changed we will realize this and we will be thankful because of it and it's truly a miracle what takes place in our heart when salvation is worked upon our soul and when we have that heart change there's nothing greater than this change that the person can go through like a total 180 you see this person who was before was so rude and mean this is just an example and then all of a sudden he believes in Christ and is changed and he's sunny and happy and helping people just like Paul when he was killing Christians. Then he changed and then he became the best advocate for Christianity. That's how you know Christ changes you. That's how you know you are living with this love and with this change and that is why this must be so important in order to do all of those other things we have to have that heart change in us first. It continues on the man who attempts to keep the commandments of God from a sense of obligation merely because he is required to do so will never enter into the joy of obedience. He does not obey. When the requirements of God are accounted a burden because they cut across human inclination we may know that the life is not a Christian life. I was just talking about this. I did not know this was coming up but this is great. She's talking about the same things. True obedience is the outworking of a principle within. It springs from the love of righteousness, the love of the law of God. The essence of all righteousness is loyalty to our Redeemer. This will lead us to do right because it is right. Because right doing is pleasing to God. And this is very important. This is exactly what I was talking about. We have to do what's right because it is right and because we are pleasing God because of it. Not because we have to otherwise we're lost if we are going about it with that kind of attitude we will not be saved we're told this we will not have a Christian life we need to obey because we love God and we know that it pleases God not because we have to and because it's such a burden to us we do it because God loves us and he's telling us this is what we do and we know that it will please God when we obey him so that's why we do these things not because of force or because we are are legalists or because of all of these other reasons that people might name call you or tell you that you are we do it because we love the Lord because we want to please God and that is the only reason why we should be doing something she says the great truth of the conversion of the heart by the Holy Spirit is presented in Christ's words to Nicodemus verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born from above he cannot see the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit of spirit marvel not that i said unto you ye must be born again the wind bloweth where it listeneth and thou hearest the sound thereof but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth so it is every one that is born of the Spirit. John 3, 3-8. through The Apostle Paul, writing by the Holy Spirit, says, God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us, through Christ Jesus, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, Ephesians 2, 4-8. That is so beautiful. I love the fact that we have these promises in the Bible to tell us of these things. We have such a wonderful gift given to us through salvation, through grace, through all of His kindness and the riches that He is willing to share with us. We just have to be willing to give our hearts and our lives to Him. have to believe. We have to accept and we have to have that faith in him. And we have to have that love for him. All of these things are very important and I cannot stress that enough. She says, The leaven hidden in the flower works invisibly to bring the whole mass under its leavening process. So the leaven of truth works secretly, silently, steadily to transform the soul. The natural inclinations are softened and subdued. New thoughts, new feelings, new motives are implanted. A new standard of character is set up the life of Christ the mind is changed the faculties are roused to action in new lines man is not endowed with new faculties but the faculties he has are sanctified the conscience is awakened we are endowed with traits of character that enable us to do service for God often the question arises why then are there so many claiming to believe God's word in whom there is not seen a reformation in words In spirit and in character why are there so many who cannot bear the opposition to their purposes and plans who manifest an unholy temper and whose words are harsh overbearing and passionate there is seen in their lives the same love of self the same selfish indulgence the same temper and hasty speech that is seen in the life of the worldling there is the same sensitive pride the same yielding to natural inclination the same perversity of character as if the truth were wholly unknown to them. The reason is that they are not converted. They have not hidden the leaven of truth in the heart. It has not had opportunity to do its work. Their natural and cultivated tendencies to evil have not been submitted to its transforming power. Their lives reveal the absence of the grace of Christ, an unbelief in his power to transform the character. These are very solemn words, and it is something that we need to take into consideration and question ourselves about it as well. Are we still portraying these types of attitude and these types characteristics because if we are then we are not truly converted and that needs to change we need a heart conversion we need that leaven in us to rise in our hearts to make us new so that we can be transformed if we are exhibiting these sorts of characteristics we will never enter into the kingdom of heaven while we still have these character qualities and it is why a lot of people who don't believe in God have a hard time accepting Christianity because they look toward man and not to Christ as we know we are supposed to do because many people are like well she's a Christian and she's not doing this right. She's not eating right. She's not dressing right. She cusses and talks in a degrading way. She's so mean. She's angry all the time. She has this temper. She has all of this stuff or he or she but you know we have to say hey we can't look toward man because men fail. We fail miserably in regards to Christianity and with being a good example and a good light to others, because we have this thing where we think we can be partially lit and partially in darkness. And some of these sins are not so much in the open. You know, when we're in front of other people, then we put on the show, we act a certain way. But then behind closed doors is another matter. The secrets come out, the secret sins come out, the the passion comes out, the temper comes out with those who you're close with, whether it's a friend or family. We all know we've all. All done something of this nature because none of us are perfect and we are working on our characters. But this is what we need to do. We need to make sure that all of these things get cut out of our lives. Because if we are still exhibiting these things and the world sees these character qualities in us, they are less likely to listen to us when we say to them, Hey, Christ can change you, Christ can help you overcome these things. And they're like, Oh yeah? Well, how come you haven't shown that then? (laughs) And it's kind of like a slap in. our face because we should be portraying this we should have these character qualities we should have that conversion and that new heart that she's speaking about and we have a work to do and we need to have it with much prayer we cannot do it alone but we are not left without hope we are told that we can do this and that it is possible and that this is how we can do it and this is how we can have the victory so we do not have to be in despair we know that it is possible and we are given the the keys and the tools necessary in order to have this conversion of mind character body and soul and do it with love in our hearts and with knowing that we are pleasing God by doing these things and by changing the way that we are and then people can really see and really telling us that we have that light and that love from Christ and they'll be like what is it that you have I want it tell me more and that is a beautiful thing when somebody can see that you you are changing and that you have changed from one person to another person. She says this, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. The scriptures are the great agency in the transformation of character. Christ prayed, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. If studied and obeyed, the word of God works in the heart, subduing every unholy attribute. The Holy Spirit comes to convict of sin and the faith that springs up in the heart works by love to christ conforming us in body soul and spirit to his own image then god can use us to do his will the power given us works from within outwardly leading us to communicate to others the truth that has been communicated to us the truths of the word of god meet man's great practical necessity the conversion of the soul through faith these grand principles are not to be thought too pure and holy to be brought into the daily life they are truths which reach to heaven and compass eternity yet their vital influence is to be woven into human experience they are to permeate all the great things and all the little things of life received into the heart the leaven of truth will regulate the desires purify the thoughts and sweeten the disposition it quickens the faculties of the mind and the energies of the soul it enlarges the capacity for feeling for loving and that is so amazing to think about. We have to spend more time with God. We have to memorize the truths in the Bible. We have to memorize these encouraging verses. Always contemplate about these things because these things are what keeps us close to the Savior. These things are what keeps the adversary away and temptation from not overtaking us. It's one thing to be tempted. It's another thing to actually do what it is you are being tempted to do. And we can have the victory over sin through these things, through prayer, through reading, through faith, through belief and through claiming the promises that we read about in our devotions and when we talk with others and encourage others and when we share with others, we too are strengthened by that as well. She says, the world regards as a mystery the man who is imbued with this principle. The selfish, money-loving man lives only to secure for himself the riches, honors, and pleasures of this world. He loses the eternal world from his reckoning. But with the follower of Christ, these things will not be all-absorbing. For Christ's sake, he will labor and deny self, that he may aid in the great work of saving souls who are without Christ and without hope in the world. Such a man the world cannot understand, for he is keeping in view eternal realities. The love of Christ with his redeeming power has come into the heart. This love masters every other motive and raises its possessor above the corrupting influence of the world. The word of God is to have a sanctifying effect effect on our association with every member of the human family. The leaven of truth will not produce the spirit of rivalry, the love of ambition, the desire to be first. True heaven-born love is not selfish and changeable. It is not dependent on human praise. The heart of him who receives the grace of God overflows with love for God and for those for whom Christ died. Self is not struggling for recognition. He does not love others because they love and please him. Because they appreciate his merits, but because they are Christ's purchased possession. If his motives, words, or actions are misunderstood or misrepresented, he takes no offense but pursues the even tenor of his way. He is kind and thoughtful, humble in his opinion of himself, yet full of hope, always trusting in the mercy and love of God. This is amazing. And this is the kind of love that we need to have and the kind of love that we need to exhibit. It doesn't matter what other people do to us. doesn't matter what they say about us. It doesn't matter any of that. If they treat us mean or wrong, it doesn't give us the right to do it back to them. It doesn't give us the right to be petty in return. We need to exhibit that love and those character qualities that Christ tells us to. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is forbearing. Read 1 Corinthians 13. That chapter explains well how we need to view and see and have love. And this just shows shows us more clearly what this kind of love is and sad to say most of us do not have that love toward others for one reason or another we always kind of judge people we always kind of have an opinion about them we always kind of like well I don't know if I can love them like Christ loves them and it's really hard but that's why we need to always be in prayer and ask the Lord to give us that love for his purchased possessions because he loves them and he loves us. so we need to love them as he loves them and we have a work to do. we have to do this we have to because we love him not because we are forced to if we are doing it for the wrong reasons then we are not truly converted as we read earlier she continues the apostle exhorts us as he which hath called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written be ye holy for i am holy first peter 1 14 and verse 16 the grace of christ is to control the temper and the voice its working will be Seen in politeness and tender regard shown by brother for brother, in kind, encouraging words. An angel presence is in the home. The life breathes a sweet perfume, which ascends to God as holy incense. Love is manifested in kindness, gentleness, forbearance, and long suffering. The countenance is changed. Christ abiding in the heart shines out in the faces of those who love him and keep his commandments. Truth is written there. The sweet peace of heaven is revealed. There is expressed a habitual gentleness, a more than human love. The leaven of truth works a change in the whole man, making the course refined, the rough gentle, the selfish generous. By it, the impure are cleansed, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Through its life-giving power, it brings all there is of mind and soul and strength into harmony with the divine life. Man with his human nature becomes a partaker of divinity. Christ is honored and active excellence and perfection of character. As these changes are effected, angels break forth in rapturous song and God and Christ rejoice over souls fashioned after the divine similitude. That is beautiful. And that is the kind of love that we need. That is the kind of home that we need to exhibit. Whether there are people and company over or not, we need to be like this with our own family. We need to have that love toward them, that generous gentleness, nature unselfish and treat them with love and kindness and with that gentleness of soul and have that harmony. Because if we can't be a Christian at home, we can't really be a Christian anywhere. Because if you're treating others right, but you're not treating your own family right, you aren't going to be going to heaven. Because if we can't treat our family right, but we can treat others right, what does that say about us? We have to have love toward everyone. And just because their family doesn't give us the right to treat them any different. So, this is what it says in 2 SP 247. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leaven. The leaven in the meal represents the progressive work of divine grace in the human heart. The leaven was not naturally in the meal, but being placed in it gave rise to fermentation, which resulted in a radical change of the whole mass. So principles of God's truth hidden in the heart of an individual change his entire nature and influence his life. The natural feelings are transformed. The affections are consecrated and the mind elevated. Physically the man appears the same but inwardly he has become renewed by the heavenly principles that animate his life. That is a beautiful thing. We know that we can change. We know that we can be transformed and this is a wonderful thing to give us an example of because we always see this in our daily life we always have bread or something that has these kind of attributes that we do in daily life that we can see this and we can be reminded of this principle and this parable that Christ has given to us and that's why he did it this way so that we could be reminded of these lessons that he gives to us and how we should have that change in our heart and how we can be more like him and how we should be all of him and none of us we need his character in us and not our own character and I want to read this in six 16 MR 342.1 to 342.4. It says, The Lord has worked for everyone to do. There are those who suppose that they can be saved by merely assenting to the truth, but this cannot be. True conversion acts like leaven, permeating every part of the being, filling man with a desire to serve Christ. Received into the heart, the truth transforms the entire being, bringing it into conformity with the Spirit of Christ. There is a development of all. All the powers for the heart is changed. Man can increase in knowledge without experiencing a change of heart. But this does not bring salvation. Paul declares, Though I understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. It is not position or profession that makes a man of value in God's sight. It is being good and doing good says except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. He who has only an emotional religion is controlled by another spirit, not the spirit of Christ. Flighty and sentimental, he is a burden to the church. At times his imagination soars high, but it goes down correspondingly when the cause of excitement is removed. By the death of his only begotten son, God has made it possible for man to reach the high ideal set before him. We can do God no greater dishonor than to remain in indolence and indifference, caring not to save the souls perishing in sin. Is Christ your personal Savior? Do you depend on him for your acceptance with the Father? He says, let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me. There is power in Christ to enable us to gain the victory over the enemy. That is such an amazing promise that I want to leave you with and these are the kinds of things that we need to think about the kinds of things that we have to ask ourselves do we exhibit these character qualities do we think of Christ as our personal Savior do we believe and accept him and do we have faith that he can change us and to make us know we have to take hold of his strength and we have to plead like Jacob did do not let me go until you bless me we have to have that heart conversion and whenever you see a loaf of bread or something else that uses leavening you remember this parable and think about it and do your own study and do your own research all of these things are very important that is why the lord tells us these things so that we can know the truth and that we can make that change necessary so that we can be saved because christ wants us to be saved he does not want one person lost but unfortunately there will be many lost because they were not willing to to change or they thought they had changed but they didn't have that true heart conversion. We have such a serious matter before us. Our soul is at stake. We must treat it very seriously but we know that God loves us and we know that it is possible and that is why I wanted to leave you with that final quote. There is power in Christ to enable us to gain the victory over the enemy. That is so awesome and remember that for yourselves and now i want to encourage you to share this with others tell them about how you can be changed and how your character qualities can be changed and how they don't have to stay the same and how the parable is given to them for that very purpose to teach us that we can have this rising power in us christ rising in us and self decreasing in us and tell them the stories and the parables that's why christ's preached them to all of those people on the mount because he knew we would need them. He knew the lessons that they would provide and that is so awesome. Now I want to sing this song and I thought it fit really well. A lot of songs could fit well with this to be honest (laughs) but I thought I would do this one. It's called My Jesus I Love Thee.
1: My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I love thee because thou hast first loved me, and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love
0: That is the love that we need to have for Jesus. And then Jesus returns that love, already has given us that love, is still loving us no matter the types of sins that we do, no matter how many times we mess up. He loves us and He gives us a love in return that is like no other. And then we portray that love toward everybody else in this world and what He is calling us to do. He wants us to have that change of character wants us to love him and he wants us to love others. And I pray that you take this all into consideration and that you study it out for yourself and then share it with others. And it says in Matthew five, sixteen, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with all this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.